creatives commentating on the culture they live in. Welcome to Culture Nerds. This week, Dream Team Election and Scottish Thanksgiving. Enjoy. Okay, well, let's do the introductions because I'm so curious to get to know you and hear this perspective. Hello, nerds, the most culturally relevant podcast that's ever existed here. This is episode nine. Joe, the ad lib alien, aka Double A, with Daddy the Bodiyogi. Coming down your ear holes. We have the cultural conversations of our day our way. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts if you want to support the show. Uh, new episodes out every Tuesday. All streaming and social media links in the description. Joining us today from Edinburgh, Scotland. He's an avid American sports fan and Thanksgiving fan uh, since the early 90s and recently set up his own podcast. He's the host of Across the Pond Sports Podcast covering American sports from Scotland. James Scott, welcome to Culture Nerds. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. This is the first interview I've done. This is the first podcast where I'm not the host, so <laughs> I feel a lot more relaxed. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm so nervous. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> We're fine. Um, yeah, yeah. So, James, I'm a little unfamiliar. What's your podcast about? Uh, so it's American sports, um, but from a Scottish perspective. Um, but I have a lot of American guests on. Uh, I've now got a co-host for my NFL show. Um, she's from Denver. Um, my parents live in the Bay Area, and my dad is like a baseball junkie he can tell you anything about everything in baseball so he's been on a few times as well so yeah just covering american sports but from like a different angle how uh how's your week been um well probably like you guys um probably stuck on cnn because um, <laughs> it's been quite a, a an eventful week uh, in american politics Yes, yes, it has been. It has been a nerve-wracking few days, to say the least. Yes, it uh, has. What? I guess, James, my, my first thing, since we're already on it, give us sort of your perspective on the election, seeing it coming, you know, from, from outside. So the first thing about American elections, or certainly the presidential election, is the Electoral College. It's something that is completely different to any other country. I understand why they have the Electoral College, but I think for a lot of people looking into America, it seems bizarre. Over here, we have a first-past-the-post. So, for example, Biden would have won the election on Thursday just because of the overall popular vote. Um, whereas in the States they have the Electoral College, so each state has so many college votes that they can pass to the president based on the election result in that state. So that that is something that, from outside looking in, does look a little bit strange. And 
why it took so long to get to this result. Yeah, you're not the only one that feels that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it makes one of these situations feel so unbelievably close when then you see sort of the popular vote be so far like removed from that sort of result. And that's, yeah, we've, um, I think as Americans, we've all are, uh, are starting to struggle with how that affects who runs the country. I think electoral reform is, is definitely something that America needs to look at. I mean, if you look at the last election, Donald Trump wouldn't be president because Hillary won the popular vote overall, but it came down to the Electoral College. And obviously Democrats at the time were like, oh, maybe we need to get rid of this. Um, and even, they, I mean, they've won both this time, both the Electoral College and the popular vote by a significant amount. So electoral reform might be something that's in the offing, I think. Let's get into some nerdy news of the week um so apparently amc theaters is trying to raise cash to stay open so hear about this so what's going on uh during the pandemic obviously yeah um much like a lot of other businesses where you have to be in a big old crowd Mm-hmm. Uh, movie theaters aren't doing super great, especially AMC theaters aren't doing great. Um, so they're like selling stock and like liquidating assets and stuff to sort of like raise the cash to stay in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be that they still might have to file for chapter 11 bankruptcy before the end of the year. So like, I don't, I don't know with, with everything that's going on in the world. Like I feel like at least movie theaters are going to be different when we come out of this or they're going to just not be a thing. Do you, do you think there's ever a world where we don't go to the movies anymore? I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. I mean, with Hulu and Netflix being uh, so big and us now used to this way of living because of the pandemic i wouldn't be surprised if we if something new comes out of it if we do like i don't know you have to pay to do streaming parties for a a new movie coming out instead of actually going to the theaters right yeah i'm surprised they've been open this long because from the people that i usually interact with they wait until movies start streaming um, or on are on cable instead of going to the movie theaters and paying like what twenty bucks per ticket? Yeah, just to see a movie they can wait and and see in their streaming device. So I don't know. I'm surprised that they're still that they still exist. I feel bad for them, and um, I mean hopefully they can hold on. Right? It's kind of fun to still be around people watching something new together. <laughs> James, what do you think? So over here, we've had a, a similar problem with cinemas and, and cinemas have um, went down the route of only being open certain days and certain times uh, to kind of get guaranteed footfall at those times. They still have the issue with social distancing, so they can't have as many people as you would normally have in a theatre. 
So they're trying to do all that they can to keep afloat over here as well. Um, I love the cinema. Um, I have seen every Marvel film since Iron Man um, at the cinema with my friend, me and him. We have this tradition. We go, we go watch a film at midnight um, on the day of release. Uh, and to not have that, I mean, we were supposed to have Black Widow out by this point. Um, and not having that yet is fine because we know it's still coming. Um, but they released Mulan on like Disney Plus Premiere, um, which my wife loved. Um, but it was really strange watching like a brand new film in my house instead of at the cinema. It was quick because we planned to go see that at the cinema uh, when we heard it was going to be coming out. So yeah, I think I think you're right, Jadra. Uh, I think it will move on to more streaming. Um, I think cinemas will be more like a specialty item rather than the kind of norm that they are at the moment. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be sort of like a like a special occasion in the sense where you know you'll go out. It'll be literally dinner and a movie, and I mean like theaters are already starting to do that. Yeah, so they're going to have to lean much much heavier on that. Um, I think in the coming years, uh, which wouldn't I, be a bad idea though. Like if you think about it, no, that I mean, me and me and my uh, me and my girl, that's really how we go to the movies. You mm-hmm. know, we'll, we'll we'll do like a lux level type of thing where we can get food, and it's like a whole experience. Um, but other than that, we really haven't like been to like a regular movie. In a while, right? Yeah. See? It's it's been a really long time, so... That's why I think AMC is having a particularly hard time. Because they... You you don't see a ton of AMC theaters, you know, with that sort of additional experience. Yeah, you definitely don't. The only thing I feel like um, coming out of this pandemic is the necessity of having to get creative on how we interact and like what the new normals are going to be because we're all craving that social interaction but we all know that we have to remain safe so it's like what's the balance between the two and I feel like um, once we get to that point of like really trying to figure it out I think some really cool stuff can come out of it I just don't know what industries or companies will survive to see that phase of coming back together. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that. Um, all right. Well, James, I think we should, you know, get down to it. Um, <laughs> what, you know, I, I, I listened to a little bit of, of your podcast and I, I, I like the way that, you know, you give your experience, especially as, you know, someone from Scotland. Yeah. And, and kind of, I mean, what, what really inspired you in the first place to kind of start following American sports as opposed to, I mean, I don't know if you follow Scottish sports as well or worldwide sports, but what particular interest in American sports did you have? Uh, so when I was a kid, uh, I was very fortunate that my mom took me to the States. Um, uh, we lived with a, a family, um, the Allen family, um, who 
I'm still in contact with today, Facebook and all that kind of stuff, has done wonders for those relationships. Um, and they are in Utah, and you've got the Utah Jazz. Um, and the Utah Jazz are, are, were at the time the only professional sports team in Utah, so pretty much everyone followed them. And it was always fun just to go out in the backyard and play basketball. I mean, I was only five or six at the time, uh, but it was great. It was good fun. And then, so that was kind of the 80s. And then the 90s came and you had the Barcelona Games uh, in 92 uh, with a dream team um, played. And over here, they didn't show any basketball until the final, the gold medal game. Uh, and that was just because basketball wasn't that popular at the time over here. Uh, but that game I watched in full because it was the only event left to play before the, the closing ceremony. So we got to see the whole game uh, and we got to see the, the dream team win the gold. And I got to see like this scrawny little white guy, um, John Stockton, like pass the ball and, and do things that I'd seen like friends and family in the States do. And I was like, wow, this is, this is actually a lot faster. I'd never seen a basketball game before. And it was, it was really good and, and exciting and fast-paced and there was dunks and there was acrobatics and there just seemed to be everything in it. So that, that was my first kind of insight into the world of basketball was seeing the dream team and that's a pretty high level um, to be looking at. Um, a couple of years later, I went back to the States with my family and we, we again stayed with the Allen family who who'd always look after us when we're over there. And... Uh, I, I just got more and more into into basketball, talking to um, Tommy uh, Allen, who is a great friend of mine, um, and he has a great love for basketball. And I just fed off that. Um, and when I came back to Scotland after that vacation, because we were there for about a month, um, when I came back, I went, played high school basketball. I went online to try and look at basketball. Like anything basketball-wise, I was I was there. Um, American football then over the years kind of grew into that in the kind of later 90s. Um, and then, yeah, I, I've just never, I've just always had this bug for American sports. I did follow, follow Scottish soccer um, for a while. Um, but... The way that the at soccer and, and or even British football um, is played. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. You're not American. Why are you saying soccer? You can't say Sorry, it it's, a, no. it's a thing I do. It's okay. You can come on here and shame us Americans for not knowing how to properly say what it. Football is. <laughs> um, but, but British football, to me, just it wasn't fast enough. It wasn't entertaining enough. There's not a big razzmatazz. Basically, two teams come out onto field, they play each other, they leave. Whereas in America, there's all the pomp and circumstance. So it's not just one game is a big game. It's every game is a big game. And there's a big, there's a national anthem beforehand. There's halftime shows. There's, at the end of the game, there's stuff going on as well. So there's character. American sports is, you know, there's narrative. There's like, you know, you follow the whole season. Like every everyone like attaches themselves to like a player and is like, no, this is the journey that the player went on. I, yeah, there is definitely and, a lot of that. And I think as well, because the, the teams play like the NBA's 82 games a season. So you can see the same team play each other four times in a season and then probably in the playoffs as well. So there becomes these great rivalries that you see. 
Um, the Utah Jazz had a great rivalry with the, the Lakers um, and Kobe Bryant. And, you know, you get to see that play out. And Kobe was one of the greatest players to play. So, um, or even, and I, I start to cry at this, but uh, <laughs> even right. back in the, the, the mid-90s, um, we had Jordan. Um, and the Jazz made the finals two years in a row against Jordan because he decided to come back from playing baseball. <laughs> Don't know why he did that. He should have played baseball. It was fine. <laughs> But, you know, those were, were, were two pretty hard years for a jazz team that had never been to the finals to get there, only to have Jordan and Pippen and Rodman in front of you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That could, yeah, that couldn't have been easy to sort of feel. Not like, at four o'clock in the morning, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to, to be sort of in a post-Jordan era and then like, a couple of years later, you're like, oh no, he's, he's back. back. <laughs> and he's better than ever. Like, I don't, he can just turn it on whenever he wants. So the rumor is that um, the Charlotte Hornets, who he owns, um, I don't know if he still does it, but there was a rumor going around that he would go and challenge like current players of the Hornets to one-on-ones and he'd beat them. He just, I mean, look at the age of him, and he just turns up and he just still beat them. <laughs> don't know if he still does it. This rumor was a couple of years ago, um, but that I don't be, think he would ever lose it. Man, allegedly, but that would be that would be insane if that's if that's still happening. Do you feel Americans have more of a focus on their sports in general? Like, do you, or, or or do you feel like it's because we have these very specific seasons for differing sports, do you feel like we have a more more focus on a particular one and it's not like as spread out as maybe like an international fan? So I think over here, um, the, the, you have football and you have football and you have football. And, and pretty much that is, that's the moneymaker in the UK is everyone is a, a football fan. Um, and it would be your Manchester United, your Celtic, your Rangers, Liverpool, whoever. Um, and, and you pick a team and generally you pick a team from your city that you were born in, um, unless you're a glory hunter. Um, <laughs> whereas in the States, uh, it's weird how it works because if you go to college, you associate yourself with that college team, whether it be football or basketball, or whichever. Um, and if you are born in a certain state or city or whichever, you follow that team. So you still have that. But I think over here, it gets quite nasty. Like if you go on social media and all these kind of things, I mean, if you take, for example, Rangers and Celtic, um, I'm a Rangers fan, um, allegedly. Um, there's a very sectarian um, element to those two teams. And when I was growing up, there was a lot of violence before, after games, and it, it was bloody, and there would be people killed. Um, it's not like that anymore. Um, it has changed over the years, and laws have been brought in and so forth. Um, and they change times of games to make sure that, that people can't just get tanked up on alcohol and then go out and cause trouble. Um, but I do find that Americans hone in on their sport and basketball, for example, people, some people ignore basketball until the all-star game. 
um, because then the football season's finished and then they, they start to kind of pick up basketball. So um, I th think depending on what type of sport you guys like um, depends on, on what time of the year it is. But it is good that sport is kind of spread out. It's not all played at the same time. Um, unlike what we've had just now with the pandemic, we had Major League Baseball, we've had football, NBA, all being played at the same time. And trying to do a sports podcast and do like an hour long show with all that sport going on, it was, it was pretty tough to try and decide what stories you were actually going to cover. Too much content. Just way so much content, <laughs> which is a good and a bad thing all at the same time. Yeah, it's good to have some. It's good to have a lot of content to choose from. But yeah, it's, it's kind of sad because you're like, oh no, I'm gonna have to drop that or drop that. And and sometimes they're actually quite good stories. So, which one was your favorite so far, or the latest? Um, of the the stories that we've covered, that you covered. Um, so, I think the the last one that we we kind of properly covered. Um, outside of our kind of NFL stuff um, was the the WNBA um, and just their just how about how they went about their season um, how they went about setting up their league they obviously went into a bubble like the NBA um, and it was just it was um, the Atlanta Dream had decided that their part owner um, Kelly Leffler I think her name is um, she was running for Senate um, but she was a big Donald Trump fan and she didn't think that players should have messages on the back of jerseys she didn't think players shouldn't be standing for the national anthem and all this kind of thing and, and the, the dream players kind of fought about against that but then you've seen the other teams kind of join with them and I thought there was a good bit of unity there uh, between the league the players and the rest of the teams um, and the team owners, all the other owners kind of stayed back. They were like, whoa, we're not getting involved in this. Um, but I just thought that was a really good, strong movement that the, the WNBA players put together. Um, and it actually made me watch more WNBA games because I thought, well, here, I'm a big NBA fan, always have been, and I've watched the odd WNBA game. But just because of the way they went about it, um, I, I ended up watching all of the playoffs um, and a lot of the, the shortened regular season that they had. Nice. Now, what is it like watching those, um, those sporting events without people in the audience? Like, is it different? Is it a different? Yeah. It's really like, obviously I always have to watch them from 5,000 miles away, but so it's, it's good to get that kind of crowd through the TV. Uh, and it has been really weird. Um, a lot of places were um, putting stadium noise and stuff in, but it just didn't sound the same. Baseball tried it and like there'd be a big hit and the sound would come about five minutes after the big hit happened and you were like, well, that's a bit lame. Um, but it, yeah, it, it wasn't that much fun. Um, I did miss seeing the crowd because even... It, in the UK, if you watch NBA League Pass, during mm -hmm. ad breaks in the US, you just get like to see the crowd and what they're up to and if there's a halftime show and what that's what's going on there. Um, and it was... Wait, I wait, wait, that. wait, hold on. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but... That's okay. When, when we're getting ads, you guys are just not 
getting commercials too like yeah we we don't get the commercials no they're not allowed to show the commercials over here because they're not licensed over here so we just get to see inside the stadium and what's going on in there so we get like they pan around the crowd and stuff lucky that's what i want to see i don't want to see the commercials <laughs> hold on hold on hold on but like they don't show you commercials like that are licensed like in your country, your country? No, no, no. Um, NBA League Pass. Um, we don't get that. Now, um, the NBA is also shown on Sky Sports, which is like our okay. satellite TV. Um, and yeah, you, you, we get our adverts on that, which is why I watch League Pass, so I don't have to watch them. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're like, you're like paying to not like be shown ads. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that, makes, that makes so much more sense. I thought it was just you're like in another country, and you're like, no, they don't show. They can't show us ads. Well, they can. No. They, I mean, I'm paying. You, you do pay for the subscription, and you're you're paying to watch every game that's available. Um, but yeah, legally, they're not allowed to show those ads in the UK because they've not been like through the UK certificate whatever um so yeah they can't show those ads okay so really quick bringing it back to the whole you know there's no crowd you know they're experiencing it you know in in real time um when you were when you were talking about that first game that you saw Mm -hmm. did you watch it in like a group were you like surrounded by family and like you know friends or was it you were just watching it on your own and you were really experiencing it through the crowd that you saw. Yeah. I think when I watched that dream team game uh, back in 92, um, it was just me, my mom and my brother was about two. So um, he was probably getting his nappy changed or something. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I, I was probably just watching that on my own and I don't remember so much the crowd. It was a while back, but I think I probably would have been like, wow, this is amazing. And I think with that dream team, and I've watched documentaries since about it, there was this big crowd and it didn't matter from which country you were from. If you were in that arena, you were behind the dream team. Um, Because you've seen players that they were playing come up and ask them for autographs and sign their jerseys and all that kind of thing. So, um, Everyone, I think, even the opposition, was for the dream team. I, I don't particularly follow a ton of sports. Like, I, whenever I, the, the reason I asked about the group is because whenever I'm enjoying a game, I like enjoying it in a group, like, you know, with either my family around me or, or friends around me that we're all kind of enjoying the game. It's really a social event for me. So, like, yeah. I totally agree. And I think if it wasn't for time difference, uh, it would probably be the same here. Uh, Obviously, like just now you've got NFL games going on. uh, And so a lot of my friends normally outside of pandemic, you'd maybe get together, watch a a football game, uh, watch Red Zone or whichever. Uh, But I think with the way the pandemics went, everyone's kind of started to go online Mm-hmm. Uh, so you now have these apps that are promoting watch parties so that people don't have to worry about kind of socializing uh, in person. So you're actually doing it in a kind of group chat. So 
and that might be, I mean, we were talking about cinemas earlier on and what they're going to do to change things. That might be something, because you can't, in, in Scotland, go down the pub uh, and watch the game, uh, people might alternatively still want to chat with their friends while they're watching a game, but you're going to do that on an app or you're going to do that online. Yeah. So what's the, I'm curious, what's the time difference? Like, so when we have um, American football over here on Sunday at like, what, five o'clock, seven o'clock, it comes on. When do you see it in your time? When does it get broadcasted? Uh, so Red Zone tonight started at 6 p.m. Um, and then the the late game that comes on, like the Sunday night football, that's usually on about half past one in the morning. Ooh. So you're staying up at one o'clock in the morning to watch a game, or do you have it like DVR recorded? Yeah, I record it. <laughs> I record. I record the late game, um, and I watch it the next day. Um, when we were talking about the NBA earlier and, and the Jazz back in the nineties, um, I got in a lot of trouble at school because I was going in and falling asleep at school because I was staying up watching the Jazz Bulls final because it wouldn't finish till like three, four in the morning. So um, and just because of the time difference and the finals had to be prime time US TV. So yeah, I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> You're definitely a fan. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get real quick because we're a little bit on a time crunch, but I want to get real quick to you told me you celebrate Thanksgiving as a holiday. Yes, yes I want to hear about this because when I heard this, I was like, hello. <laughs> uh, so going back to when I stayed with the, the Allen family and the, the matriarch of that family, her name is Connie Allen and uh, she's a wonderful lady who always took the best of care of me when I was over there. And uh, she would always, doesn't matter what time of year I go over, she will make Thanksgiving dinner. So uh, we went over when I was 16 and it was the middle of the summer. And she had all the family over and we had this big, massive Thanksgiving style dinner. Uh, and, and I just always remember that. It's always like, almost like a home comfort for me that it's just such a nice, like a nice kind of event and everyone gets together. Um, I have quite a small family over here. It's just myself, my wife and, and three kids. So, um, it, but it's still nice to kind of sit around the table together, have a nice meal and, and get the turkey out. Um, my wife's actually going to attempt yams this year, which I'm looking forward to. Um <laughs> But it's just something of American culture that I think families getting together, sitting down, having a meal together, because a lot of American families maybe don't get a chance to do that throughout the year because work and sports and, and whatever else. But it is that one time of the year where everyone gets together. And, and I just always like that notion of kind of getting together. Nice. Any traditions? That you um so, so my while my wife cooks, I watch football. So uh, yeah, <laughs> probably the same as everyone else in the states. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure classic. I mean, it happens here. So I mean, I can't imagine it wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do it. I love it. Okay, well, that is that is a tradition. All right. 
um okay i guess in that same vein what is what's a tradition or or ritual uh that is maybe traditionally scottish that like maybe americans don't know about as much that you can maybe enlighten us on so there is one um and it happens after christmas day so the day after Christmas Day, the 26th of December, um, we have a thing, and it's a UK-wide thing. It's, it's not just Scottish, but it's UK. And we have Boxing Day. Uh, Boxing Day um, kind of gets its name from uh, back in the olden times, um, where rich people used to give boxes to their servants. Um, and the servants would then have the day after Christmas off. So the servants would take these boxes back to their families and it'd be filled with maybe food and, you know, unused toys and whatever the family that they were working for were throwing away. Um, obviously, it's not like that now, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but yeah, the, the day has just always been there kind of to com- commemorate um, that that time more than anything else. Um, now it's more used as a as a shopping day, um, a bit a bit like your Black Friday. Um, it's more like the first day after Christmas. The, the sales and the stores start on, online and stuff. So um, it's very different type of day as it, as it used to be. Uh, but yeah, it's it's something I had to explain to my American kind of family and friends because they were like. What's Boxing Day? We don't know what that is. Um, but yeah, um, it was just that day to give to the servants so that they had a day off. So, um, and I guess through the years, that's kind of just stuck and evolved. Nice. Anything that you guys, your family did um, on Boxing Day growing up? Uh, so on Boxing Day growing up, um, we usually ate leftovers um, <laughs> and just... You, you, because usually you've eaten a fair amount the day before. Um, so your tummy's probably still a bit enlarged. Uh, so you usually just gouge on the on the couch or in the settee um, and watch stupid films that you would never, ever watch at any other time of the year. That sounds like our Thanksgiving. I love it. It's just a different holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty you, much. You truly have an American spirit, I'll tell you that. You truly have... That classic American, you know what? I'm going to lay on the couch real quick. I'm still a little full from yesterday's huge meal. And I'm going to keep eating leftovers. So, cheers. And shop for deals. It's definitely the way forward. (laughs) Yeah, that's how we got to do it. That's how you celebrate. I mean, that's just how you celebrate. Yeah. Uh, well, James, thank you so much uh, for being with us here. That's been another episode of Culture Nerds. We thank you so much for the support. If you have comments, suggestions, or stories, ideas, please put them in the review, and we'll start making you part of the show. We'll see you next week, nerds. Bye, Bye. nerds. Bye, James. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. The reason I said we were on a time crunch is literally this meeting will end in two minutes. Two minutes, yeah. Because yeah. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Great.